Welcome, welcome, welcome to Show vs. Business, your weekly take on pop culture from two very different perspectives. I'm your host, Theo, and on the line, I have the man himself, Mr. Bidja. What is up, What's up, dog? How you doing? Just imagine me running, running through and confetti popping. I'm here, baby. The bottle service is out. We're about to do this thing, man. Hey everyone, welcome to Show Versus Business. Look, we got a great show today. We're going to do like we normally do, dig in the craze. We talk a little bit about our nerd expertise back in the day. We were the, we were the guy that folks went to right, mm. for some of these different topics. Then we've got a new look category we're going to try to you know uh, throw in here. Like, hey, what are you checking out? Give you guys the update of some of the interesting things that uh, we're looking at from movies, TVs, to even comic books. Uh, news, a lot of interesting things. One of the big things, House of the Dragon is is hot. Game of Thrones is back, and we'll dig into that a little bit. And then finally, last but not least, the feature today, man. We're just going to go into what is happening now with nostalgia, man. Will it ever get boring? What's so hot about it right now? So with that being said, Mr. Benjamin, how was your week? Week was good, man. Um, you know, I'm, it takes a while, man, but working to get into a new content and and just to systematize yourself, you know, I'm gotten in with the content and now I'm just banging out clips, banging out more videos. I can do it without as much of a headache. Now I'm remembering timestamps and stuff. It's getting scary, but, uh, <laughs> are you seeing that, that this, uh, new emphasis, is it reflected in, you know, views, numbers, are those going up too? you seeing number of metrics uh, going up too? engagement, um, online and offline. The yeah, and this is basically taking like big podcast or whatever, chopping it up into little bits, making little pieces that all kind of connect to my media brand of Mr. Benja. Um, yeah, getting all that to connect and flow, and just yeah, yeah, be be a uh, the the flip from content first to attention first, and basically, I'm just I'm really starting to figure out that. Yeah, people are going to see my little clips first, and then they're going to ask about me. And just, just just flipping the script and finally getting really comfortable with it, where it's just in a really good flow. Good, 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 man. Yeah, man. I love to like you know maybe we'll do a webinar or something about you know what is you know what are you learning in this because I think a lot of content creators could you know understand. I would love to learn, right? You know, uh, I would just be at the feet of the master, right? Just, just taking notes. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the new world. People would already, I mean, you know, I was just talking to uh, uh, my uh, my brother-in-law about that. It's just like, look, man, it's the new world. You got to be out there in these uh, internet streets, man. And then you can't just put any content out. You got to figure out what works for you, right? And and is relevant to your brand and what you're trying to put out there. So you can, you know, eventually, because it's like you build it up over time. We talk about this, that brand. Yep. Got to build it up over time. And so um, it takes a minute, but once it's there, it's there. And you, you're on the easy street. So, yeah, you know, you know who, uh, who changed my mind about a lot of something? I, I didn't expect it. Rick Ross. <laughs> I, uh, Rick Ross I, I was going, I was going through my random collection of audiobooks. Like, hmm, let me check this out. And, um, I checked out Rick Ross's second book. Didn't know he had a first mm-hmm. one. I saw I his, anti- 
Didn't know he had two books. <laughs> I know yeah, one book. I saw his uh, I saw his antics on Instagram, and he was you know, did you see the one where he cut down the tree? No, what's that? Yeah, one? so he had a big tree on his on his um uh, on his big ass plantation or whatever you want to call it. Um, I forgot what he calls it, but he the Pleasure Island or something. I forgot what he calls it. It's not that Evander Holyfield's old estate. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes he goes in there and he's like. Uh, tree man this, this this tree is just effing up the system man they, they jump out in the atvs and go drive out and there's this big tree and it's like a chainsaw they rented from you know chainsaws rs and he just cuts it down it's totally unprofessional right dangerous because parts of the roots are like cracking up out of the ground swinging around people's faces stuff is falling out of the tree you're not sure which direction it's going to tip and yeah, he was just like doing antics. And I thought that was interesting. Later on, I learned from this audiobook that he's kind of planning this. He's starting to, he's like, man, I was learning from Kanye. Kanye was like, all right, well, you can do whatever you want, but I'm about to do this. Ah! You know? And <laughs> so he was trying to figure it out. And he was like, yeah, man, he had to change his brain for this whole new era that we're in. And I'm like, I do too. I do too. Yeah, man, you know, it's just, you know, we grew up in a different time where we talk digging the crates. And so now this era is, is about uh, promotion, self-promotion. Um, I'm watching this TV show. You know what? We'll, we'll talk about that, what I'm watching. But uh, uh, that, that this, this TV show I'm watching gets into that, like how you become a music artist in this new world, right? And a lot of it's internet, internet stuff, right? You kind of do, you got, it's, it's almost seamless between the internet life and your real yep. life. And it's, it is like flows together. And it's like, you know, that's one of the first few shows I watched where they kind of get it right. It was like, oh, that's what it means to be an artist now. Right. You know, that's what it means to to kind of flow between the Internet world and your real world. And they're almost interchangeable. Right. <clears throat> one informs the other. And I was like, man, that is <laughs> that's that next level. So I'm not there yet. I think you're trying to get to that level. So. Uh, so, yeah. So we're we're both uh, on, on the path of learning, man. Yeah. Um, on my side, uh, this week, uh, I had a chance to go to DC and, uh, have you ever been to the African-American museum, the, the new Smithsonian, uh, museum that they launched a couple years back and to much fanfare? No. Man, amazing experience. I mean, you know, it was a big thing. I don't know if you remember at the time Obama signed into law and yeah, it, yeah. an opening, you couldn't even get in for like forever. Um, yeah, man. Um, dude, powerful stuff. Powerful. They, uh, you know, they, 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 uh, you go down at the bottom of the, it's like three levels. You go down to bottom level, of course, you know, unfortunately it's about slavery, but it's just very interesting part of it. It's not them, you know, they actually have a slave ship that they dug up from the ground and they actually have bits and pieces of it and tell the story of it. And then they also talk about like, you know, where slave, different slaves went to, uh, uh, how they were different, you know, depending on where you ended up. If you were in Louisiana, for instance, as a slave, then you became more, um, intermingled with other races right and it almost became yep. like, the, the whole creole thing yeah exactly creole and so it's kind of like you knew different languages you know and, and it was hard to keep you you know separated and and like that but if you went to new england as a slave you end up becoming a uh, kind of a middle class person because you learned to trade you know you were a slave but you learned to trade and you were able to kind of you know become um you know get into the working force and have a, mm. a decent life then, of course, some places like, you know, Mississippi, I mean, Georgia, you know, you kind of just stayed there. But it was just like one of those things, depending on where you went, you know, depending on how 
you know, things turned out for you, which was like powerful. And then um, obviously that was the slave, slave trade. Then you go up the levels and you get into better, you know, stories. So they had, I mean, they had sections on like art, <clears throat> science, business. Uh, I mean, you know, the first, you know, big business person, obviously, man, CJ Walker, but a ton of business guys in there. Uh, they had a whole section of Muhammad Ali in sports. They had a statue of the brothers, you know, who, uh, you know, put their uh, black power fist up, you know, uh, yeah, Harvard, yeah. I can't remember the other person's name uh, during the Olympics. Um, and so they're just like, you know, almost kind of overwhelming of the, and we see people have success in most times. They were exceptional. You're like, man, what's my problem? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're the first and you're having success and you're building your business or you're like a doctor that's proven, uh, you know, science is, is not, is, uh, there's no science basis in racial inferiority. Uh, you know, it's just like, dang. I mean, think of all the stuff they had to deal with. You know, you talk about head. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm crying, you know, because I can't get no investors talking, looking at my business. I'm like, man, shut up. <laughs> get out there, man. Give me strength. It happens. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, so like I say, it was just overwhelming. Then I didn't even get into the whole, uh, they have a whole culture section at the top where they have a section on TV. They actually have the different outfits of different characters from TV shows. And they actually had TV shows pop up. Old comedians. They had a uh, uh, Red Fox pop up. Even Bill Cosby popped up. They had a uh, section of theater. They showed the guys who were first Othello, uh, August Wilson, if you like fences and other you know stuff that he does. And then they had a whole m music section where you could pick different albums and they would play them uh, while you were there in the in the section where you listen to different music. Hmm. They had uh, the guitar Jimi Hendrix. They had the spaceship for George Clinton. Um, so, and then they had a whole culture section where they just went into different things like hair, fist bumps, um, you know, just different things that we do for yeah. culture, our outfits, our style. And so, uh, so anyway, make a long story short, uh, very, uh, inspirational and just, I highly recommend it, you know, anybody, you know, everybody go check it out. Excellent. Excellent. So, so yeah, man, it was good, good, good stuff, man. So, uh, yeah, man, anything else man, for the week? I guess we can, you know, if not. You can go ahead and, uh, you know, get into uh, digging in the crates. Mr. Benja, so, you know, this week, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, I guess, it out here, our nerd expertise. So what does that mean exactly? What do you think when we say our nerd expertise back in the day? Well, this is uh, a term from the external. I don't call, consider myself a nerd per se, but the term is out there. I understand it. I accept it. Uh, <laughs> so in high school, I, I remember- not a bad term anymore. Like we grew up. It's not bad. It's not bad. Nah, nah. <laughs> you, you call somebody a nerd in the wrong way, watch what happens. <laughs> it's, the, it's the new old N-word. <laughs> it is N-word, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the alternate N-word. Uh, freaking nerds. Um, but no, I was in high school, right? And uh, I was at the lunch table one day, and our our lunchroom was kind of raucous in, at Florida A and M. It was fun times. And I remember I was I had my my three video game magazines: a diehard game fan, Electronic Gaming Monthly, and Game Pro. Had a subscription to all three, right? Yeah. And was just down in all this information. I had my video game rental service going on. Um, out of my backpack, right? And I'm just talking to people, and they were like, "Well, I think the Genesis is gonna like, nah, 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 nah. listen, 
The Genesis ain't got nothing on the Super Nintendo's graphics processing chip nor the sound processor. All right. What you're going to get is a second baked version of this and that. Besides, it's being made by acclaims who has historically been known to. And I'm like, man, I, I, I didn't think about what I was until uh, until Lonnie walked by. I remember saying, Lonnie, I'm cool with them now. Rock, Lonnie walked by and was like, president of the nerd herd. Oh, <laughs> and everybody laughed you know i mean it's what we did back then right um i i would crack on him for other things later but i was like at that moment it's one of the existential like wow i am that guy <laughs> man oh dude that is that's funny man yeah uh i just remember that old uh uh genesis commercial uh genesis does with a 10 don't <laughs> yeah. oh yes sega does with nintendo yeah yeah oh yeah sega does what the 10 don't i was like oh man i, I saw my, i showed my kids some of those old school uh, commercials a couple months ago so <laughs> right to my mind yeah man i remember those those those, those video game industry uh magazines i said you know I scoop them up every now and then and check them out um then shoot you know what was my expertise back in the day uh you know, I was kind of more low old, undercover, but um, <clears throat> yeah, recently, I think I told you, I just had the opportunity to go to the old comic book store I used to, I grew up in. <clears throat> and so they, it was funny. It was like, I had gone to like 20 years, uh, went to like a couple of months ago. And by the time I came back, like recently this month in LA, he was, he was, he had already moved to a location. I'm like, dude, you were there for like 24 years, almost 30 years. And then you finally moved. Yeah. We had to move. But uh, yeah, that was kind of like my expertise, man. I kind of got, you know, I mean, it was a, it was another black guy got me into it, and you know, I started reading comic books, and we we started talking about different storylines. You know, that was when the '90s were hot, where you had to get the number one X Men, and you know, everybody was just blowing their minds about that. And you know, Spider Man, Tom McFarlane was you know kicking off, and so I just got really into it, man. And I got into Spider Man. <clears throat> I I I really got into comic books. I mean, you know, I was always Spider Man fan, of course. You know, we grew up on the old. Uh, original spider-man you know, uh da, da, spider-man spider-man well you know we all, that, that was in the 60s and 70s and we used to watch that when we were little but then um you know they had always you know spider-man his amazing friends we used to crack joke about that how they were roommates and their bed turned into a damn you know computer i mean it was yeah yeah high comedy spider-man <laughs> Iceman, and uh firestar and uh Anyway, make the long story short. So I just got really into uh, Spider-Man so much so that I got like op- one of those omnibus comic books where you go deep into all his storylines. So I became one of those guys that just knew everything about Spider-Man. Well, you know, when Stacy, you know, she died in nineteen seventy, but then, you know, when she came back as this person and then, you know, Doc Ock, you know, he really is related to us like, dude, how do I know this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> now, the first, hold on, for Spider-Man, the first, uh, the first, I, he, I was he the first character that I I can remember that had like Spider Man, then Spectacular Spider Man, and then the Amazing Spider Man. He had different comic lines. He was so popular. That's right. You're right. I think he did. He was man. It was like I mean, well, you know, yes. Uh, let's be fair. I think Superman started as action comics, and then they had a Superman line. So he had mm-hmm. two, I think. And then Batman, remember they had like detective comics and then he became his own line for a little bit. But uh, Spider-Man was the only one that had like three. I think you're right. It was like Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man, you know, sitting around yeah. talking shit. I mean, it's just like, it was like 
so many different Spider-Man titles. And then I'll try to distinguish all of them was kind of a fascinating, but Amazing Spider-Man is the core title that, you know, kind of came from and obviously started from, uh, what's it called? Uh, wait, Amazing, what's it? Amazing, dang, what am I, I should know this. Amazing Fantasy. Uh, so that's, mm, yeah, know, yeah. team. So that was fun off from there. But uh, yeah, great character. I mean, you know, <clears throat> as I got older, I, I realized why I kind of resonate with him because, you know, he's just doing his best. I mean, of all the, co- it was like, that's, that's the superhero we all would become because he was always doing his best and could never balance both his, his personal life and his real life. And so uh, anyway, make a long story short, I was a Spider-Man head, man. I mean, you know, you ask me questions, I would, I would, I would go deep, deep into lower Spider-Man, right? <laughs> and it's really not that deep, but in recent years, these comic book guys have started to broaden the mythology when you got the yeah. thing called. You know, the Spider-Verse and all these different Spider-Man and different universes now and this Madam Web kind of thing where, you know, he's part of a mystical line of Spider-Man. It's just so, you know, now that, you know, just like anything now, everybody's got to create their own universe around Spider-Man mythology. I'm like, okay, sure. He's just a dude of a costume, man. Come on. It was Spider-Powers. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it's it, but it's one of those iconic things for you. Just, it's, yeah. you're not, you're not getting that out of your system. Nah, I wish I could, but nah, it's there. <laughs> it's there, man. It's there. Did you want to do one more, or what? What you thinking? Uh, my only other one was my, my only other one was Transformers. That was one of those mind blowing kind of things. I saw the toy like well before it started getting popularized. I mean, um, because I saw the toy and I was like, holy crap! the hell is that on the shelf and it was just like the all black box with the transformers logo and in the little plastic window you could see optimus prime and megatron and they both were released and showed up on the shelves so you saw them next to each other and they were way out of anyone's price range and you had to get like the little ones to build your way up to the big ones so i just remember like holy crap what is that I looked around and I found out they had com- the a comic was coming out, bought the comic, was like, holy crap, these fools from Cybertron. I was like memorizing the numbers on the back that had like the strength values and everything. I was like, yo, technically he's faster, right? But he'll never be able to beat him because he's got more battle experience. I read that in the back. All right. I know. So I don't know. I, I just, I, I deep dived heavy on Transformers. That's interesting, man. I, I didn't really know that, that you did that. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I was a big guy. I mean, who wasn't, you know, eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid, you know, seeing, oh, uh, man, that car becomes a robot? Oh, <laughs> like, that just, wow, you know. But yeah. uh, my thing was the Constructicons, man, that, that was the coolest concept to me because, like, not only did the robots turn into construction vehicles, but they became a bigger robot. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted it, but you know, I, I always tell this story. I think you remember the story I told was like, you know, I wanted that growing up, but of course, you know, my family didn't know the difference between Transformers and some other off brands. So ended up getting uh, not GoBots, even worse than GoBots. I got the former Strands where they were just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's sad. And, you know, they were, and the robot arm was one was longer than the other. It was just like, oh, my God, what is going on? And then Where, I transform like twice, and then you know things will start falling off. You're like, what happened, dude? Ever, ever get, uh, they would um, 
they would cheat you. They they take your money by by having the, the robot in the picture, right? And it's like, yo, this changed into a Lamborghini. And you're like, cool. And when you buy it and take it out of the package, you realize that the robot was just on the front. And all you do is lay it on his face and it's supposed to be a Lamborghini. You're like, man, this doesn't transform. It just lays on his face. <laughs> but that, that was GoBot's problem. Remember GoBot's? That's pretty much, uh, I mean, it would transform, man. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy that was a plane. I mean, basically, his his head was still cold. His <laughs> still plane. I was like, wait a minute, did you transform, or you just like you said, just uh, got up out of bed and now I'm a robot? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's those were kind of you know. But anyway, I we digress. Those are fun times, man. Um, yeah. And of course, Star Wars. I was just massively into Star Wars. Read a lot of. Oh, even after I found out, uh, you know, obviously the, the the Holy Trilogy, you know, um, that just truly transformative. I remember seeing that in the movie theater, uh, Empire Strikes Back. and remember seeing the first Star Wars. My mom uh, invited some friends over. We watched it on uh, HBO back in the day. It came on. And mm-hmm. I remember that first scene, seeing R2-D2 in, the, in the, the sand dunes. And of course, Return of the Jedi. I just remember waiting in line to go see that uh, back, whew, back in 83. How old was I? Shit, nine or 10. Just I, I know I was eight then, and I was like, man, I can't wait to see it standing alive. And you're just so hyped when you saw Luke Skywalker come out in all black. So that just was formative to me. So I just like, you know, read everything I could. But back then, you didn't really have a lot of stuff to read about, you know, not like we do now on the internet. Yeah. It was like a long, it's fallow ground for a long time, right? And then all of a sudden, they start putting out these um, books <laughs> about what happened after the battle for Endor, right? And like actual and, novels. Uh, yeah, novels. Thank you. And so uh, uh, they okay. had a grand, grand Admiral Thawne. He was a, uh, alien, but he was like really smart. He was going, he was going to bring the empire back. And so you had Luke and uh, Leia and, 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 uh, and um, Han Solo, you know, trying to battle against him. And, and they just kind of continue the story on. Now that stuff is not canon so much, but they're trying to bring it back. I think Admiral Thawn showed up in uh, uh, Clone Wars and some other stuff. But, uh, but yeah, that was my first, it was uh, Timothy, what was his name? Timothy Zahn, I think. I can't remember the, the writer, but he was the first one they uh, Lucas yeah. filmed get the right to start writing these novels and i was like oh i'm all in so yeah i was like yeah so you know after this then you know lucy's gonna get with um uh jar maid and she, J, was it May jar and she was she's gonna be a force user and they're gonna get married and have kids and then then uh you know han and leia they're gonna have twins you know so it was just this whole you know lore they built around that that i was just like into because we had nothing for so long and it, the most pop we can't imagine that happening like this now the most popular movie show a movie series a trilogy of all time there was nothing for like decades <laughs> yeah. now man game of Thrones just went off what like five years they just already got a prequel out like literally in like three years later Let, let's go get this money dog <laughs> i need it i need a hit my man i know man so anyway so all right man so well let's get into the what what we're checking out man so what's 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 what you got man so it's a new little section we're gonna try out guys look me and mr Ben just got, we have wide range of, uh, you know, uh, interest. And so we watch a lot of different <laughs> things and read a lot of different things. So this is a chance for us to kind of connect and see, you know, what is, what you checking out, man? What you checking out? Um, well, I'll, I'll get to the, the, the boring stuff for the exciting one. But, um, so I had to, I dropped Netflix as I said, I would, cause I was running low on stuff that I cared about. I saw Sandman was happy with that. So drop Netflix and I was about to get HBO, but then someone said get Hulu and I'm trying to just do 
kind of one at a time unless there's something I need to watch. So I haven't decided yet. And in, in not deciding, I decided to check out some things on Amazon. Um, Outer Range, I started watching that. Interesting premise. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the greatest, but oh. it's interesting. It's like a little, I don't want, I don't know how to describe it without spoiling it because it's set up in a weird way. Have you checked that out at all? Uh, is that Brolin in it? Is it the yeah, one yeah. in it? Yeah. Uh, I, I got the premise there. So it's kind of like, you know, some, some weird stuff going on. And it's, yeah. And uh, he's a bit of America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> America. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that was interesting. Uh, towards the end, I started skipping through it because uh, I, I was like, all right, I got this. Uh, Paper Girls. A lot of people have been talking about that. That's good. It's interesting. Uh, so I'm not the target audience, so I'm going to call it interesting. Sitting well, on the uh, hill. Let's go back to okay. Paper Girls real quick. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to check that out. You know, it's based on a comic book, right? Yeah, that's why I'm checking it out. Yeah, uh, so it's an interesting concept, you know, um, and then you know, you know, without spoiling too much, but it's kind of like, you know, some time travel stuff from my understanding. And it's like, what if you met a, a different version of yourself, right? <laughs> you interacted, right? And so that's kind of interesting concept, you know, like, you know, would you be mad at your younger self or your older self? And how would you interact with, you know, against yourself that, you know, yeah. if you met a younger version of yourself now, what would you do? I thought that was kind of interesting concept. So, uh, so yeah, if you're saying, so I guess you give it a, uh, Thumbs up. Well, let, give me a recommendation. That's, you know, um, I, I, from the first episode only, I realized that I'd rather have read this than watched oh, it. Okay. So, you know, I mean, comic books and graphic novels have a certain feel to them. And I could tell that they kind of struggled with this one. However, they put it together. It's like the dialogue, the coloring, the way they set up the characters. I'm like, okay, this feels like how a graphic novel would play out and it didn't flow properly in the development process. So I may actually stop watching it and just try to check out the uh, the comic. Okay. But, you know, unlike what Walking Dead, like when I saw that and knew it was a comic, I was like, oh, screw the comic. I'm just going to sit through this. Hmm. But okay. <clears throat> but this was like not that way. Yeah. I'm So... My my thing is like Game of Thrones is like that. I watched the first episode. I was like, I read the books. Invincible was like that. I watched that. I was like, I read the books. But as few and far between, it's like <laughs> I'm like, uh, I screw the books. I'm just gonna watch the series. So so that's interesting. You're gonna give up the series and just read the books. So that's 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 definitely different. Well, I I, I don't know. Uh, if I start reading and then I like it, then I'm like, okay, I may go back and just see how it was executed. You know, gotcha. play while I'm washing dishes or something. And uh, and I hadn't been checking out Showtime lately, but there are a couple of Showtime um, exclusives on Amazon. They're they're trying to get you to pay for the Showtime thing. So I'm like, all right, let me see what's going on over here. And uh, not that exciting. <laughs> so I'm about to show the show the show you watch it out got on here. Is that any good? I, I checked out the first couple episodes, but I did drop it. I wanted to get into it because I like uh. The actors in it, Kevin Bacon and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy he used to be in um, uh, what's his show back in the day? Uh, wait, I can't remember his name, but it's uh, but anyway. So it's this is a brother, but uh, is it good? Do you recommend it? With shows um, like that, I need some type of impetus to keep everything moving. Like I can't just. It's it's just like well, 
I'm going to go to the police station right now and let's see what happens over there. It's like, hey, you know, your sister got shot, head to the police station. And on the way, you're like, oh, my God, who shot her sister? And that, I, I just need something to keep pulling me along. This is kind of just like, well, just wait and wait. And I'm like, ah. It's a vibe. I grew up from video games, man. I just need that, you know, get to the next level kind of thing. I need that constant. I, I realized this when I was talking to Andy, by the way. We both kind of had a revelation. Like, oh, you're in theater and I'm in video games. I see. It makes sense now. Yeah, Aldous Hodge is the actor's name. He was a TV show I loved back in the day called uh, Leverage. And he played the hacker character. So he was always... They were a bunch of thieves. They all had different specialties and his, his specialty was hacking. And so it was, you know, he was just always doing crazy stuff, being silly and goofy. And so now he's trying to be dramatic. I think he's going to be in the uh, Black Adam. He's, he's playing Hawkman. So good for that actor. Mm, yeah. um, so, but, uh, and I think City on the Hill is based on a true story about like the first Black mayor of mayor, uh, Boston. So, you know, how he came up. So, so interesting. Yeah, it's worthy stuff in there, but um. I'll have to check him out and uh, see if I can hear some of that hacking noise that that hacker make. How, how, did, how does it go in the movies? You hear that? Yeah, exactly. What was that movie with Angelina Jolie back in the day? I think it was called Hackers. Yeah, and they had they were just looking tensely at the screen, and you hear the, the ticking of the, the of the keyboard. And on the screen, you had like some random code flying by. Like that's how hacking is. Yes, <laughs> gosh, screen screen so bright the reverse image is like burning onto their face and forehead. Hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, check. Did you, ever, did you ever watch the Leverage? It was on uh, TNT for a while. Did you ever check that out? That show out? Mm-mm, no. Yeah, it was cool. It was Timothy. Uh, what was his name? Timothy, not Dalton, but it was so. Uh, it was a bunch of different. Uh, like I said, they all had specialties. They were like, was it like? Uh, was really good at the uh you know you know stealing things one was a good uh, con artist uh one was like the muscle so you could beat up anybody and uh Aldous Hodge's character was the uh the hacker and they would always and so they used their powers for good and there was a mastermind and they used their powers for good to kind of help people out of certain situations so it was one of those easy beat breezy TNT shows that used to come on after basketball so I checked it out and fell in love with it. And it was a big thing for a while. And then they just couldn't, you know, keep it going. But uh, nah, good stuff, man. Anything else on your side? Nah, nah. Oh, well, reaction vids. That's That's been my lick, man. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I can't stop watching reaction vids, man. Somebody said, hey, I watched The Terminator for the first time. I'm a young person. And this old ass movie was entertaining. Watch my reaction now. Like and subscribe for more. You know, you're like, okay. And from that, I got pulled into a rabbit hole. It's a, it's a big nostalgia play, which is part of the reason I wanted to do this show, just because of the amount of nostalgia that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Okay. I love it. I love it. I think we had talked about that. Maybe we need to figure out how we're going to do some reaction vids on a host TV show or something. Maybe, maybe House of the Dragon. There's a lot of content for that. We could do that. <laughs> if you get HBO Max again, so I'm pulling for you, HBO Max. <laughs> make a bid, make a bid for Mr. Pinjeff. <laughs> I'll do it. Th- I'll uh, be doing it this week, by the way. Oh, good. Yeah. So maybe we'll start talking about uh, House of the Dragon, but we'll get into that in a second. Okay, real quick, my things. Uh, I'm all over the place. So there's some Netflix, HBO Max, and some comic books. So this 
out of this came out of the blue. I was, I was uh, going to my favorite website, AV Club, and they recommend this show called The Extraordinary Attorney Wu. It's one of those Korean shows, you know, kind of whimsical. It's about a um an attorney who who is on the spectrum, right? So she's autistic, and she's trying to push through that to be a great, you know, attorney. <laughs> it's it's like the weirdest thing, but it's like. You know, I don't know that that weirdness that comes from, uh, you know, Korean dramas. If you just watch any of those and it's like, you know, she's into whales. So there's always like a whale in the background. And then like, you know, she gets really excited talking about whales. Uh, but the actress that plays her plays is like excellent. I mean, with very little emotions, you can see, you know, when she's hurt, even though she's playing someone on the spectrum. So she doesn't look people in the eye a lot. You know, she's doing, you know, not overacting it, but she's just doing a great job. But the, the, the challenge for me is like I watched one episode. It's almost exhausting because it's, it's a it's a it's a legal drama, right? So there's a lot of legal um, that you got to read because <laughs> you don't know what they're saying. So you got to read it, and it's almost like an hour uh, show could feel like almost two hours because you're like, oh, okay, I get what she's saying. I know what's happening, but it's like once again that legal talk. You know how that is. You know it's just it's, it's just on, but it's cute. It's it's definitely something I recommend you go check out if you like right. you know Korean dramas and shows. Um, <clears throat> definitely on my Game of Thrones rewatched. I watched the first two episodes, so uh, yeah, I'm back in the Game of Thrones world, man. I forgot, man. Is it was. Is it necessary? It is not, but it's just. I mean, you re- you look back, man. I mean, that that show was really good, man. They they, they did a great job. I mean, even the first episode, it's all there, man. Everything, and it's like you know the first episode, like characters and who they become, who they grow. And, and I see why it was such a phenomenon because, you know, you find out that there's a there's like 30 different characters you're following and they all could be their own lead. That's the amazing thing about that show. Awesome. Yeah, I, I saw um, I saw a video on YouTube of a guy doing one of those, uh, you know, pin board on the wall type of breakdowns. He was like, no, no, no. What you don't understand is this shopkeeper actually came from the blah, blah, blah. So what he's doing is and I'm like. Where is he getting all these story connections from? And apparently, uh, George R. R. Martin has been writing this stuff in, or that's the way he set his stuff up. So there were things that weren't said, like ex- explicitly, but were part of the story. And there are people out there connecting all the dots between things. And I, there, I, so I, I guess there's a whole sub culture of people who are trying to break this apart and find out like the missing parts of the story like oh okay so if they're the hair at this time and these guys are here at this time that means those are the same crew of people and uh so i i don't know um that's why i asked if you know if a rewatch was needed well yeah, i mean it just helps you just kind of get in that frame of mind like how everything's connected a little bit uh but george r, r. martin man i mean you know he's probably you know, her own version of Tolkien, but even to the next level, because he really thought about everything in the show, from religion to what they ate, to how different cultures reacted. Now I would say some of this stuff, you know, portraying different, uh, you know, kind of analogs of, you know, African or Spanish culture may be a little bit uh, superficial, but, you know, if you know the, the people from Dorn or like how the, uh, uh, what's it called, the Dorothy, uh are treated, you know, somewhat, but uh, almost like mm-hmm. savages and all that kind of stuff. But, but other than that, I mean, you know, I think, you know, so that's why, and the reason I'm watching it again, because, man, I forgot. You remember when Game of Thrones says it's hype powers? 
uh, it was like so many podcasts, man. And it's like, you know, went away and now it's back, man. It's like a hundred podcasts now, man. Cause you're right. It's so much detail <laughs> in this show. People got podcasts left and right for Game of Thrones. You, you want to hear the detailed nerd analysis? They got that. If you want the black version of it, got that. You want the, you know, uh, yeah. If you want like, you know, a complete noob to everything, got that. I mean, it's like, there's different levels to this, right? You know, or if you just want to hear about, you know, like your favorite character, what that means, got that. So, um, so yeah, so Game of Thrones is back on, man. So that's, you know, definitely go check it out. League of Their Own, I kind of started watching Amazon. It's okay. It's like the, vert, the uh, TV show of the movie. Um, different in that it displays the more inner workings of the the uh, the baseball, female baseball players. Uh, so basically, obviously there, you know, some folks are lesbian here and it's portrayed more than it did ever did in the movie, which is interesting. But, you know, I, I give them respect for that. Um, the show I was telling you about earlier about the interchangeable between uh, interchangeability between uh, real life and the internet. It's called Rap Shit. And it's the new uh, Issa Rae TV show. And it's yeah. about these two artists that are trying to make it as uh, rap artists in Miami based off of the City Girls. Fascinating. I mean, you know, it's okay show, but, you know, it could, could, but it's fascinating to me is like how they're just, you know, one minute, you know, you see a screen come up and you see the bars and stuff and then it flips over to real world. But it's like interchangeable. It's not like, you know, this is just a one-off thing. It's like constantly throughout the show, there's always someone filming something or you're seeing that perspective or you're seeing someone do a FaceTime and yeah. then, you know, they're looking at engagement on the internet, you know, to see how they, you know, the Spotify, you know, streams are going up. So it's just fascinating. You know, I think that's kind of a new way to kind of portray that. So, I, you know, you know, go check that out when, when you get HBO Max. Yes. And then, uh, <laughs> Last but not least, uh, Saga. This is the uh, Brian K. Bond, like, mega opus that he started, like, maybe 10 years ago. Um, weird comic book. You know, Brian K. Bond, for those that don't know, he created, like, um, let's see. He wrote, used to write for Lost. He was a comic book writer. He wrote, uh, what else did he write? A lot of his shows went to, to movies, like, uh, or TV shows, like, uh, what was the name of that one? I can't remember the name of it right now, but... Yeah, he's just one of those interesting writers. Always been following his career, so he had this saga that he created independently, and it's just about this family and how they grow up. But it's like the weirdest stuff. It's like set in some weird world, and these and uh, they got two. Basically, it's like star-crossed lovers got together, create a baby, and they shouldn't have. So they're fugitives for the rest of their life, running from both warring factions, and so it's just. But it's also interchanged with like growing up and like how you deal with your first kiss or how you deal being a parent. And so he's, he's trying to do something different here. So it's, it just came back after like a three-year hiatus. Um, he's going to hiatus again, but he's, uh, he's, I think that's going to be like something he's going to be remembered for. So go check it out. You haven't seen Red Saga. It's pretty good. That's all I got, man. All right. I'm waiting on Saga to be turned into a, uh, um, what service would Saga go to? I mean, really good now. One time, you know, he was trying to just like George R. R. Martin kind of create something that was unfilmable. I mean, there's some crazy stuff in there too. And, uh, and, but I would say, you know, someone will probably make a streaming service out of it one day. <laughs> Paramount, Paramount Plus, that'll be their last, their last breath. <laughs> I'm calling out. Uh, oh, man. Well, Mr. Bidger, let's go ahead and uh, get into the news. Well, uh, you know, it was a short news section today, but I think, you know, we both, 
Yeah, one of the things I wanted to highlight is the uh, House of the Dragon. We talked about it, Game of Thrones, you know, Fall TV is here. It's an effect. House of Dragon kicked off big, big time. Biggest premiere in HBO history. What? And then viewers, the first night, 20 million, you know, when you count in, you know, streaming services and all that, 20 million overall, it was instantly renewed for a second season. So I guess Game of Thrones, people love that Game of Thrones shit, dog. They love it. Shoo. That sounds, uh, yeah, man, uh, quite a few people talking about it. Um, and, and, and not a lot of, not a lot of spoilers, just kind of like, oh man, it's hot. It's hot. So yeah, that's something I got to get into. I miss it. I mean, I know people who've got, uh, they love that music so much. They put in their wedding. I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't explain it, but it's just, you know, it's, George R. R. Martin, you know, whatever reason, he just knows how to write characters that are in a fantasy world that seem real and of our time, you know, because they're conflicted, you know. Um, and he said uh, the reason he created, he's like, uh, he's always follows the adage. He said, um, the best stories are stories when you have, um, you know, people in conflict with themselves. And he creates those mm-hmm. characters that you know, are very different. You know, if you remember Jamie Lannister, he, he was the same guy that pushed out Bran out the window. He's also the one that tried to help Brian Tarf, right? You know, out of the bear pit. So, you know, you can be both. <laughs> you can be the worst person and the best person. And uh, and uh, George R. R. Martin gets that. And that's why his characters are so compelling, you know? So, uh, so yeah. So, so anyway, uh, good, good for them. What you got? Um, hey, you know, we were talking about video game movies and series a while ago and said that, you know, Netflix may be the people to really make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Resident Evil might not be that one because after one season, it got canceled. I heard it was bad too. <laughs> what, what, what? I, I, I wonder. We talked about this on the pod, on the uh, Wednesday pod. I wonder if they're in, what they call it. We call it the engagement metric or whatever. I wonder if they just felt that it could cancel it because it wasn't driving net new viewers or wasn't going to lead into something new. Whereas, you know, we got third season of Masters of the Universe coming out. So that's weird. Yeah. So whatever the little formula is doing, it said no to Resident Evil. Huh? Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> well, guess what's guess what's back, man? Uh Movie Pass. What? Movie Pass is back, yo. <laughs> that was a totally random guess. <laughs> man did you ever did you did you try movie pass at all no there was this other uh bogus version um i bought into for like two months and started checking out movies it wasn't it wasn't movie pass it was based around the theater chain um because amc had a program we know that that's the stubs program and all that but yeah. there was this all they had an offer at one point and i bought into the offer started watching movies but then they like killed it and they're like we're not doing this anymore and i was like all right yeah for those of them know movie pass famously went belly under because they basically were giving away movies for free <laughs> and, and hopes of maybe make some money down the line so interesting fact it was built by uh it was founded by uh, a guy named stacy spikes black guy who uh basically he uh started his career at motown records he did stuff with uh 
Boyz II Men, Stevie Wonder, Spike Lee, and then he was uh, vice president of Miramax. And he did a lot of stuff in the, in the entertainment business, right? You know, for a long time, came up with the idea in 2011 to create a uh, kind of like this, you know, subscription service for movies. Initially charged about $30 dollars a month. And they were trying to experiment with various models. But when the platform was bought in 2017 by uh, two new guys, they were a data analytics company. Uh, the guy was fired via email <laughs> and the new leaders just said, hey, you know what? Let's just charge $10 a month for a movie ticket every day and pay the theaters full price for those tickets uh, and figure out the business model later. Well, we know how that worked out. And movie pass blew up <laughs> spectacular pass. Yeah. <clears throat> far too many people watching far too many movies at their expense. Yeah, I, I don't know why they I guess that they were looking at some skit. I mean, that's that's a challenge with sick about. Don't get me started, but but grow at all costs, right? And and that to me is just like uh it, I mean it could work fabulously, you know, but very few people can deal with that stress trying to grow at all costs and um and and it's very rare that can do it. And guess what? That did not work either for Movie Pass. So it blew up. But guess what? He's bringing it back. You know, he's experimenting different tier models, trying to figure out what couldn't work in a subscription model. But I think you know it's going to be interesting because movie theaters are kind of dying right now. I mean, you know, yes, we had some successes this year, but uh, I was looking at the movie slate mm. that's coming out for the end of this year. End of this year, man. I mean, maybe, you know, uh, you know, Black Adam do well. We know uh, Avatar and we know, uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, Black Panther 2. That's it, man. I mean, you look at the slate that's coming out, man. I don't see any other movies that's going to bring them out like that. So interesting time to be relaunching uh, Movie Pass when movie theaters don't, still, maybe don't have the product anymore like they used to. Hmm. There's a, Hopefully there's a play in there that's not just stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, w- I want to see this kind of happen and people like, uh, I see what they were trying to do. Ah, maybe that could work. But then <laughs> sometimes it's just like, oh, this is really what you're doing. You're just being stupid. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he says, look, he said, we got real numbers. This was Spikes did an interview. He said, we took the average person who went to the movies 12 times a year. And we got them to go 25, four times a year. That's a fact. The average per, average spend of that person was $114. They increased the overall spend to 400 a year on MoviePass. <laughs> and they said, we changed the dynamics of films that were just in the art house. So basically movies that, you know, didn't really get uh, well seen. Now That is true. More. That is true. Uh, you know, our, our film friend Jeff was telling us, yeah, man, I'm not going to spend money on that movie. And oh, I got movie pass. Yeah, I'll go see it. I'll go see it. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a Stubbs member still. So um, we'll see. I mean, you know, I might cancel that and try movie pass. So yeah, good luck to him, man. Good luck to him. So, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say. It's just, it's, it's a hard time to be launching a, a subscription movie theater experience right now. When there's just not a lot of product and streaming is, you know, exploding. So, you know, content is getting depressed. But, you know, a hit is a hit. So people want to go see it. It's like Top Gun Maverick, you know, biggest movie of the year. So, uh, so we'll see. What else you got, Mr. Benja? Any other news? Uh, really quick one. Um, hmm. I'll just pick uh, the Batman one. 
Batman Cape Crusader, uh, everybody was all uh, pissed because it, it fell to the chopping block as well. They're like, look, we're not doing this thing. Uh, it's awesome. It's got Bruce Tim. It's got all these cool people. Too bad. We don't want it. J.J. Abrams, he's sorry as well. I'm sorry. It's not happening. And so it's like, uh, well, what are you going to do with it? Well, instead of getting totally canned and just put away in the vault somewhere, apparently it's getting shopped around to different outlets. So maybe it'll end up on Netflix. Maybe it'll end up on um, Hulu. I don't know. Uh, it, it could end up Paramount Plus. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing Amazon Prime or or Netflix, but it's getting shopped around. And this, I don't know if this is good for DC or not. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about this. Um, yeah, sneakily. Uh, 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 HBO Max is getting rid of a lot of animated stuff and t- you know some some the, some uh, kids programming. Um, and we talked about this on Wednesday that, you know, from our understanding, they get rid of it because the one, they don't want to pay re- residuals if they s- still distribute it. They got mm-hmm. all the artists and actors, you know, more money and voice actors, more money, uh, money as they still potentially could distribute it through their system. And two, they want to repackage it. So they say, hey, look, we just take it off our service. Now we can just sell it to another streaming service. Right. And, and just get money for it. So because HBO Max needs to get rid of billions of dollars in debt so they're trying to just cut 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 and sell 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 so without um, without destroying uh (laughs) their brand image completely Uh, that's off off created dr pickle popper so you know (laughs) what what brand (laughs) so anyway uh yeah man they are in that mode they're in that mode. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still laughing. Carry on. <laughs> they are in that mode, man. They are trying to make it happen. So uh yeah, man. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens, man, with this stuff. And you think, you know, they just got rid of Batgirl. There was some secret funerals. I don't know if you heard about that, that people mm-hmm. were like secretly kind of seeing some stuff and like doing funerals. You know, obviously the the, the uh, creative community is pissed. But what does that really mean? I mean, you know, who cares? <laughs> but, you know, they're pissed. <laughs> I can't trust HBO Max, but, you know, whatever. You know, bring some money, they'll come back. But anyway, yeah. so make a long story short, man. It's uh, it's sad, man. But if you can't get Batman movie and TV shows out, man, what's what's going on? What's the world coming to? Yeah, DC, man. Anyway, so we digress. Maybe we'll do a show on money, money, money. What's going on, man? Because it's it's crazy times for entertainment. But anyway, we digress. Let's go ahead and get into the feature. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Benjo, man, do you want to kick us off what we're discussing this week? All right. So in creative discussions, uh, this, this topic came up because of creative discussions that I've had with a lot of people, industry discussions. And everybody keeps asking, God, I wish they'd do something new. Why can't we have these new properties? And people get all pissy, but, you know, then they go to Target and buy a, um, you know, Def Leppard shirt and some Funko Pops of like, uh, you know, some old ass characters from Seinfeld or get their, you know, old ass Marvel Funko Pops or whatever the retro styles and everything. So, you know, it seems like a lot of people are complaining that there aren't a lot of new properties, but they continue to buy into it. So I started wondering, 
you know, does this ever get old? Um, does this ever die out? I mean, and we seem to be going leaning harder and leaning heavier into nostalgia instead of pulling away from it as much, which I thought was interesting. So I just want to to pose that question out there, you know, will nostalgia ever get boring? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, are you asking me, or are you kind of just? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just asking you right now. I can, I can, I can keep on going. But you know, I mean, is it something you thought about, like how prevalent nostalgia is that we have Disney, the quote unquote number one streaming service out there, which is basically hawking nostalgia on people. Um, I mean, you know, I, I always think back to uh, what's that show, uh, Mad Men, and they talked a little bit about it. You know, nostalgia. That was the first time I kind of thought about it from a marketing standpoint. Mad Men was a show that premiered on AMC like years ago. It was about this ad executive in the 60s and how the birth of, you know, consumerism kind of started around that time. And, you know, he talked about nostalgia and it's like, look, you know, this, if it's, he said, look, it's, uh, it's a Greek word, you know, that means, you know, um, it's, it's like, you know, a happy place, but it's, it's, it's twinged with a, a, a bit of sadness, right? Because it's a place you can never go back to, really. Mm-hmm. And so he and so it's like, but he said, look, it's it's hard to do, but if you do it right, it's powerful. And he was trying to sell like this um, carousel wheel, which is like an old uh, system where you put photographs in and you can like um, show uh, different pictures, you know, when you click a button. And that was mm-hmm. you know, something that was big back in the day. People, you didn't have phones. So watch you, <laughs> he had to like actually print out photographs <laughs> and see them. I think kids know it now. There's a lot of Polaroids, you know, people play around with those now. Right, right. But um, anyway, so he said, hey, this is not just a, a, a you know, a photo, uh, you know, thing, thing, the thing to display photography. It's a time machine because you can go back and forth in time to see, you know, when you were young with your kids or older and use pictures of his family. And it's a classic scene. You got to go check it out on YouTube where like it's so, so powerful that uh, the, when the guy's in the room, he, he, he runs out crying because <laughs> it was so emotional <laughs> doing that sales pitch. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, wow, he he nailed it, right? Nostalgia. <laughs> so so I say all I have to say is that, you know, I don't think it's ever gonna go out of style because I think um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we all get older and we just yearn, you know, for the past. I mean, even you know, I yeah. talk about on the show sometimes, you know, we always reminisce how it was in college or how it was there. And then I'm looking at my kids like getting older. So I think it's just always gonna be something because unfortunately, you know, we're you know, get older and, you know, that means we're getting closer to, to the death. And so, you know, you get, you yearn for those, those other, other times when maybe things were simpler or that. Um, so I think, you know, the stars is always going to be a part of this. And, um, you know, that's why we do this podcast to kind of bring this too. Right. Right. I mean, we definitely do always talk about digging in the crates and it's kind of a fun part of the show, but you know, one thing I think that, that really started, I started keying into, and this has been, months years of of kind of looking into this whole thing you know i worked for uh rockstar games and it's like well how heavy do you lean into what people already know from you know red dead revolver and put it into red dead redemption which is a completely new game and you start really having to think about what feeling do we want to have people bring back and it's like you know we can double the thing with nostalgia we can bring back memories of grand theft auto and we can bring back memories of you know, this this Red Dead Revolver one-off weird game. So it's like you have two histories coming together. And 
around that time, it started becoming really interesting to me because I was consciously and actively a part of this, watching this thing play out where we're Mm -hmm. building something new from something old. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started looking into it and between the marketing and the psychology of nostalgia, I started developing a theory, which I'm calling, uh, Mr. Benja's theory of internet impregnation. Um, <laughs> Why are you laughing? My <laughs> so um, I, I don't think this is, I, I don't want to say it's not accidental, but there's, I, I think there's a pretty good reason why we've got this situation where we keep on going back to nostalgia. It's a couple of things that come into play. Um, first off, you know, a lot of what you see on TV and, uh, you know, the medium is the message. You know that phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the medium is the message. Uh, you can go look up that and go down that rabbit hole. But basically, the medium, the situation, the technology, the the current times are going to inform what you actually create. And people don't usually think about the fact that all of these environmental factors are taking place. But back in the day, um, I'll say... 60s 70s you know you had properties come out it took a lot to make them you didn't have the extreme amount of distribution that we had so you know people took care with a lot of these things developing like wow that was really cool and when you talk about them and there weren't that many Mm -hmm. get into the 80s something weird starts happening you start getting the very beginnings of computer technology flowing into popular media synthesized music, new ways to record, new ways to put up, push all this stuff around. We started getting content from Japan. We talked about like how we used to see oh, Transformers, Robotech, GI Joe. We're getting all these. And it was like, it was crazy because we were copying tapes and passing them around. And that's not the internet yet. That's not where it gets crazy. But those people that were there, me, you, a lot of people from that, that generation, we were experiencing all this crazy creativity coming out that was kind of bottled away before. We didn't have a way to watch stuff and pass it around until you could you could mail a videotape to somebody. That was I mean that's mm-hmm. that seems minor, but if I could get a mail order or something and start getting all this content from all these other places, you started seeing huge collections, blockbuster videos. Um, you had video rental s- services like, inside grocery stores. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In some grocery stores, you would actually have just this corner of it where there's a guy sitting behind a desk with a bunch of videos. So you go get your popcorn, your, um, you know, fake deli sandwiches and all this. Grab some videos. Okay. I'm going somewhere with this. You take the, you take all this activity, all these new creations, all these ideas, right? And then people like me and you go to college. What happened while we were in college? The beginning of the internet happened while we were in college. I was on the NCSA Mosaic browser working out stuff. Uh, You know, there was Mosaic and there was Netscape Navigator. And we were playing around with all this internet stuff like, holy crap, here's an email. There's this guy sending out all these emails. What's email, dog? People didn't even have email. I mean, I mean, this is crazy. So we're there. And what is the first thing that we start doing 
when we start figuring out how to make web pages. We put all that cool nerd shit that we learned from the 80s into those web pages. How do I know this? Because me, my friends all did it. Bryant did it. I did it. Devin did it. Uh, Sam did it. Uh, we, we all we all had stupid stuff that we were posting onto the Internet. And it was just the only thing there. So you go search on the Internet. <coughs> and the only thing that was there, I mean, and they didn't have search like Google or anything or, or the way we have it now. But you were trying to find something online. You were only going to get what we were putting on there. So suddenly we've impregnated the Internet with all this stuff. In mm -hmm. fact, one of my first one of my first web pages, it was all based around Samurai Showdown. It was like the, <laughs> it was like Benjamin Johnson, cool guy, you know, or whatever. And it had like these animated gifs. I was I was balling because I figured out how to put animated gifs into a website at the time. It was it was wild. Uh, but like I had the sprites from the video game doing their thing on my web page. And people would come by like, ooh, what's this? Oh, it's my website. You made all these characters? No, it's from this game, Samurai Showdown. You should check it out. And it was part of that impregnation of, I like this. I'm going to share it, and I'm going to try to popularize it. So that happened with Star Wars. That happened with G.I. Joe and all this other stuff. No, that's a good point. I think, um, I mean, Internet was just there. It, it's like, the, what's it, the, uh, the forums, you know, the chat forums, the chat, you know. It, it, uh, that was the earlier version of all this because it's, it's almost like you, you know you try to find connection. This is before Facebook, right? Instagram, yeah. um, all that stuff. So you, what you're looking for is uh, like-minded folks. Because you remember, I mean, even in high school, uh, you know, you find like people here and there. It was so so hard to find them. Number one, that it was into stuff you liked, and then when you found them, you like held on to to for dear life, right? You know. So yeah. shout out to to a buddy of mine. Uh, you know, uh, man. I can't remember his name. It was in middle school, but uh, the the, uh, the other guy, Timothy, Tim, um, and shout out to Tim. He knows, he knows who he is. What's up, brother? He put me on to Akira, and I was just like, oh, lit me up. And so, but like, he was so few and far between, man, trying to find somebody like that. So the internet kind of opened that door where you could find people that were like-minded. And to your point, you're so excited. You had to share it. And you said, oh, there's people like me out here, so let me just put it out here as well. And I can find more folks like this. And so I, I see your point. So that nostalgia kind of uh, took, took a life of its own on the Internet because there's a way to connect with people. And, and, and so now it does seem like that's all we have. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's like, you know, the first seeds of what the Internet was, was based on our all of our collective thoughts. And as I said, we were. Most of the people who were on the internet at the time, like on those message boards, they were people who had, yeah, I played D&D. &D. I was into Spider-Man. I watched Transformers, you know, like a mad dog. I was into, you, you weren't going to find anybody on there who was like, oh yeah, Dynasty was my favorite TV series. Man, you get somebody to hack you and just burn down your house if you said something like that. Mm. It was, it was really a lot of nerd shit. So that just set the tone for what the internet content kind of should be. You fast forward, I mean, new stuff's getting created, right? Um, you had Ben 10, uh, you know, the kids next door and all that kind of stuff or whatever. Um, you know, but none of it had that lasting mark that, that that internet era had. So now, you know, people start looking back to what to create. And you end up with uh, a lot of stuff from the 80s, a lot of that internet stuff.
Mm-hmm. And I don't think, as I said, I don't think that's, it wasn't intentional, but it's no accident that it's, it's turning out this way. Well, and it also, you know why that the eighties were so important because you're right. We grew up on it. And you, so the other challenge was we, we just couldn't watch this stuff all the time. Like we do now, you know, you probably watched it once in your whole life and it had that impression on you. And you were just trying to relive that one moment again because you didn't know how to find it again. Mm, so you yeah. had to recreate it in your own mind and share it with folks. And then that, to me, that helped bring up other memories of that content, like, you know, Super Friends. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I couldn't, unless you bought the videotape to your point or you found the videotape somewhere, it was hard pressed to remember, you know, kind of say, oh, well, where's that content at? What happened in it? Then you talk to a friend. Oh, you remember that episode? They did this. He said, oh, yeah, that's right. And then now, you you know, so now you're kind of recreating your childhood again because you, you just couldn't see it. Like, you know, it was just as accessible as stuff is now. So, you know, so like I said, I mean, we had to work hard, man, to, to, to bring back our memories of this stuff. And so, yeah. so I think that that was a challenge, too. And you're right. The internet, man, this is a good thesis, man. You need to write this out because. The rise of the internet really has given rise to nostalgia plays because now we can recreate all that, connect with folks that we couldn't have previously. And now that that's been recreated, not just in the internet, but now for streaming shows and TV shows and everything's accessible, YouTube videos. Now, you know, that was, that's why the internet was created to kind of make this a reality. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, man. Okay. I feel where you're coming from now. I get it. I get it. Uh, Yes, uh, Mr. Benja's theory of internet impregnation. Uh, TM, trademark. TM in small letters. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, you know, and people talk about like, uh, you know, we were talking about Star Wars still being around and it's like, who's who's going to bat for Star Wars? And it's like a lot of the older people and younger people catch on. They, They may get into it or they may not, you know, but um. One interesting factor is just the fact that um, it's it's difficult at this point to go against the grain. You know, anytime you're trying to, uh, like, as I said, the one of the questions was, you know, why can't we make new stuff? Why do we keep having to go back to the same old stuff? With the current medium that we have, the Internet, no, it's it's legitimately hard because to to create something for the new, you need a gap in, in the current that can't be filled by something from the past. Mm -hmm. Because if there's something missing, like somebody says, I wish I had this. It's usually pretty easy to go back and say, Hey, well, we can just use this and plug in that hole, plug in that want that need that desire with something old. And we can kind of make it new. That's a lot easier for marketing. That's a lot easier for product development. So it's just, I, I don't know how many of you out there listening have really gone into branding and marketing and all that, but basically, you know, something retro, something that we've seen before, the whole nostalgia thing is instantly more comforting. It's instantly more recognizable. So we attach to it faster. Um, we we kind of know what to expect. So less story needs to be told. You know, I mean, once in a while, you'll have your breakouts. Like we talked about the Matrix quite a bit. We just came out of nowhere. But, um, but you know, as we go down, we'll uh, we'll bring stuff up like that. That's few and far in between, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the examples and content and what what we're seeing out there? Uh, yeah. And um, 
you know, like we, we mentioned, we mentioned Star Wars uh, came out a long time ago and the same people keep retelling it and they want to retell these stories so badly that, you know, they, they develop like Star Wars legions, groups of people that meet up and go out to events for kids. They cosplay. They, they just keep bringing it back. Star Wars, um, comics in particular are always rehashing the same characters for every generation you know, Marvel, the Batman movies. I mean, Batman fundamentally, you know, doesn't, doesn't really change. You know, we've seen different, different versions of Iron Man and all that already, but we fundamentally got the same Batman. Video games are coming into play now and we're starting to go back to like, Hey, you remember your first video game, Sonic? You remember, uh, Resident Evil, that old ass video game? Yeah. Let's spin that into something new. Even if it gets canceled by Netflix, I don't care. Let's spin that. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's just a lot of, uh, you had one down here, Cobra Kai. Um, yeah. Karate kid, right? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, who knew that was going to be a big thing, right? <laughs> but yeah, we loved it. Matter of fact, I think we launched our podcast off of this. So, uh, yeah, man, it was one uh, of those yes. Yeah. That was yeah. December. And, and you see, if they had just created an original karate movie i was about to say karate kid movie but a, a movie with karate kids that that fought that'd be a harder sell right i mean you know how do you get that into someone's hands and even with this background you know it's hard to get into people's consciousness now so i think one of the things because one of the reasons for that is just because there's so much information there's so much new coming at you there's so much that people have to consume the easiest thing to attach to is something old, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, in a world that's mixed with so much content, it's just, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, what TV channels were is like, you know, you need an easy way to know, distinguish, you know, what this, this content is going to be good or not. And if it's tied to something you already know, then you're just like, okay, I like Star Wars. This is a new version of Star Wars. I'll check it out. Right. I don't like Star Trek. I'm never going to see Star Trek, so I don't even have to check this out, right? <laughs> so this new version. So it's kind of like a simple way to kind of filter through the massive amount. So the internet opened up the doors to connect and do different things, but also opened a massive amount of stuff that you have access to. And just, you know, I mean, the challenge now, I mean, Gary B, who we quote a lot, you know, it's not so much, it's the attention economy, right? People's attention is so, you know, diverse now. I mean, it's hard to kind of capture people's attention. And so, the way you do that, if they already like the thing, they're probably going to still like it. Give them more of that. And that's what we see. Yeah, it's it's just, I mean, if you want to call it a numbers game, so be it. But like people always say, you know, oh, I want to watch the best TV. It's like, no, you know, I don't, I don't even want to do that. There, there's something really good on TV, but I'm like, hmm, Moon Knight's on. I should watch <laughs> Why? Because I know Marvel. I know it's a Disney Plus show. I'm already familiar with the Marvel characters. Even if it's not that good, I'm like, I, I get the community aspect of it because other people are watching it because they're doing the same thing I am. They're looking for something familiar. And I, I've had this discussion with groups of people where everybody gets together and it's like, hey, tell me something that I should see that I haven't heard of before. And everybody's like, oh, you should check this out. Oh, you should check this out. Someone says, well, have you checked out this other thing? Right, well, isn't that just kind of like Game of Thrones? And then everybody starts nodding. Ooh, Game of Thrones. I watched that. And you can't stop the discussion at that point. 
You can't say, hold on, guys. We're saying stuff that we haven't seen before. It's too late. Once Game of Thrones gets mentioned, everybody starts like, ooh, I heard they got a new one coming out. Really? It's a sequel? Not really. It's kind of a prequel, dog. What? I remember when I watched blah, 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 blah. And everybody starts reminiscing and talking about the same old shit. And all the ideas about new shows go out the window. No one cares. Everybody goes and watches Game of Thrones. How well, 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 you know what? You bring up a good point. I think Game of Thrones is that someone I saw this trend on on the Internet is Game of Thrones and this new content that's coming out for Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. This is the last monoculture event that, from a TV show that we all watch. Because think about mm. it. You know, everything is so, you know, back in the day, we talked about this, uh, those water cooler moments. We knew everybody was watching Breaking Bad or potentially why or they're watching a TV show back in the day for us. It was like, you know, Cosby show, right? You know, that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> can't say that now, but that's kind of what it was. You know, we talked yeah. about it in school, but, uh, now, you know, there's not, there's so much look, just between you and I pretty good friends. Uh, we talked about what we're checking out. I mean, we're both checking out stuff that the, the other has no clue about. I mean, I knew a little bit about some of that stuff, but for the most part, it's so much out there. It's just like hard to find something that everybody's watching. Um, Right now, the only thing that works are like, you know, live entertainment and sports, right? Particularly NFL. If Game of Thrones can still hold the crown for like something that everyone's going to watch and 20 million people watching a show now, that's crazy. They don't do yeah. that anymore. So, so we'll see, man. If, if Game of Thrones can hold our attention like that, then now, then that might be, we, dude, we're going to see so much Game of Thrones content. It's going to make your head yeah. spin. <laughs> well, you know what? And this goes back to your point about, you know, finding people on the old message forums, the the BBS forums about finding people who are related to you. You're like, hey, there's a forum about, you know, ty- the Tiger Sharks uh, Saturday afternoon cartoon. Yo, I thought I was the only one that watched Tiger Sharks. And you start typing all the stuff in and there's this guy who's made sculptures out of foam and stuff of all the tiger shark and you're like holy crap there's a community that community is also easier to build so people could start going really niche and weird and uh it's going to be interesting but you say that there you said there's some new stuff that pops off i remember we were talking about that just before um and well you know it's it's so far and few between but uh and to your point yeah i think it could not be long lasting but we'll see but yeah, it popped off. Now they're going to have, they have spinoffs and other stuff coming. So uh, Squid Game, that was a big thing we talked about on this podcast last year. Blew up. Everybody went crazy over it. And they're going to have a, you know, version season two coming out. But it just came out of nowhere. And, you know, that that's amazing when stuff like that happens. And so hopefully we'll see more of that. Uh, you know, more older versions like Breaking Bad. I mean, it kind of kind of was a slow, slow or something to, uh, to my brother-in-law about this too before this podcast. You remember Breaking Bad? Not too many people, I don't think, saw the first season. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. It came out around the time of the, the writer's strike in like 2007. Yeah, yeah. 10 episodes. You know, everybody's like, that's the dad from, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, well, this, this is a drama about cooking meth? Ah, it ain't my cup of tea, right? And But it went on Netflix and it started getting a little groundswell. People was like, catching yeah. up. And next thing you know, it was like the best show ever. So, you know, that that came out of nowhere. And then, but again, they we just talked about uh Better Call Saul it was a prequel that did really well. It was on for like, you know, six, seven seasons. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so that's going. Tenet, truly original, bonkers movie from Christopher Nolan, um, that Mr. Benjamin still has headaches from watching all the animations. <laughs> 
how time how time prints their mood works. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so I, I, I gained I gained some IQ points from studying that, but then it broke me and I lost them all. That was hilarious, man. I, I still don't know how that worked, but anyway. <laughs> uh but kudos to Tenet. Tenet uh Ozark. We talked about that on Netflix, but they get in the set second season. Interesting uh linear TV show on ABC right now, uh, Abbott Elementary. Kind of like yeah. the office version of the teacher, you know, what teachers deal with, um, created by Quentin Bridgeson. And, um, you know, so good kudos to hers. You know, that's one of the breakout hits. Uh, but, you know, like you said, you know, will any of these, you know, blow up? But that's only what, this is the last, what, I mean, we break it bad. You look at the last 10 years. But, uh, yeah. I mean, only the new stuff that's in the last years, Abbott Elementary and Squid Game uh, yeah. and Tenet. And it's like, dude, that's it. That's all we can think of in three years. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. And, um, uh, you know, some people have called this the barbell effect or uh, the destruction of the middle. There are a couple names for it. But basically, it seems like retro or at least rehashed, not necessarily retro, but rehashed is going to be one end of the barbell where you get a lot of people. And then there's not going to be too many middling guys. And then there are going to be this other group of small niche breakout hits that have their own dedicated audiences that you just can't shake for some reason. So 10 years from now, we're going to be like, well, they're still making episodes of Netflix masters of the universe for some reason. And you're like, yeah, dog. I mean, they had their dedicated crowd and whatever. Um, and I'm not just uh, pulling that out of nowhere. Um, if you look back at, at most stats, you can kind of see this playing out, but, one of the easiest to come from or the easiest to look at is uh, the top grossing films of years past. So if you look back at like um, 2022, let's go through this one quickly. You've got Top Gun Maverick, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Jurassic World, The Batman, Minions, Thor, Sonic the Hedgehog, Uncharted, Elvis, and Lightyear. These are all, if not sequels, they're relying, their content's relying on nostalgic premises. Um, mm. Even Uncharted, and I think that's the, the lone wolf that might be a little different, where it's like we've got a video game property that's bringing up memories of that genre, I mean, that platform to the theater screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at this list, Mr. Benjamin, you're right. I'm trying to think everything on here. The only thing, well, Quiet Place, it was an original idea. This was in 2020, but it's a part two. So it's got like, you know, part yeah. of a piece. But exactly. Yeah. It's a sequel. It, um, yeah, but it's it's new. But uh, everything else here, I mean, you got F9. That means that's the ninth entry of the Fast and Furious <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, genre. So, it, you know, but let's see here. Do a little, it's kind of like a remake. Uh, that's in 2019. Something yeah. that this is my third remake of that movie. Um, Onward is something new that was different, but it came from brand like Disney. Yeah, it's called the Wild. I don't know what that was. That was the you know the from the book that everybody was uh Oh, but you know that was 2020. So um, yeah, that was a weird year. <laughs> well, that was old. You know, that's like old Yeller. That's um, it, it's nostalgic for another reason, right? Well, well, I'm just looking at this numbers. Like you know, it made 62 million, but it was like 
that 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 wouldn't have made it because 2020 is when everything shut down, right? Because Bad Boys for Life made oh, 206 okay. million at the uh, beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and everything. And Sonic the Hedgehog came out first, and then Birds of Prey. I remember that, and everything just died after that, right? Because Tim right. only made 58 million. <laughs> in the, uh, yeah. movie theaters. Now, now you know with this list, I'm not saying that all of these are all of these are like pure sequels or you know. Um, like Ghostbusters Afterlife is obviously from the Ghostbusters line. Um, Birds of Prey, you're like, hey, that's new. It's like, is it really? Because um, you're coming from comics and anything coming from comics is pretty much trying to, you know, rehash, siphon off all those stories, all that nostalgia basically and say, hey, watch this with these characters. Um, and like you said, with the Disney, you know, onward and a lot of the Pixar movies, I almost want to classify that in their own category because there's like the Pixar formula and you're getting the same basic story set up in, in most of these onward. Uh, what else is there? Like Toy Story, which is, well, Toy Story 4, you know, came out in 2019. Um, Aladdin did live action, but I kind of don't, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll give the Pixar guys a, a, a pass. You know that's that's new-ish. I'll say, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that was the year we got Tenet in 2020, where you're thinking, oh, that's clearly something new, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's few and far between, but uh, I mean, you know, the stars is here, man. Um, I mean, you know, but it's always exciting. You know, I just put this, you know, caveat. It does seem kind of depressing that we don't get anything new. But man, when we get something new that's interesting and and fascinating, man, it just it it just it's amazing. It's amazing, like Squid Game. When that hit, you just like, oh man, this is awesome, right? Everybody's talking about this, or uh, even a Queen's Gambit. We didn't talk about that. Um, that that blew up. Right, right. So you know, so that's that's what I'm looking for. I mean, and we get one. Oh, we didn't put anything everywhere all at once. That kind of blew up a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Um. Everything because anything, everything, everything everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> everything, ev- everything everywhere, all at once. Everything everywhere, all at once. And so, um, yeah, man. So I, I'm, I'm encouraged that you know, hopefully, some of these new things, you know, we get to see that can pop up, and uh, you know, may get folks excited about everything. So, uh, yeah. Mr. Benjamin, uh, shoot, nostalgia, man. Uh, anything else we want to cover there? Um, well, really quickly before we uh cover anything else, um. To be fair, you know, movie theater grossings are possibly uh, an outdated measure. Um, You know, we're getting into streaming. We don't have as many numbers on those. And, you know, what is a big splash in the box office? While very big and formidable, as I said with the dumbbell theory, it's not, it's only looking at one side. So as you said, we're not catching all of the, um, weird little one-offs the squid game the queen's gambit but as i said those are more of a those are more scattered there are going to be a lot of people who you know are just like wait squid game what are you talking about i've never heard of that so it's out there i'm totally recognizing that but um what people are pushing for and what people have the headspace for in this recession era this uh this time where people are struggling Anytime you catch people struggling, they're going to go back to what they know. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm making so so big of a focus on the nostalgia as opposed to the new right now is because right now people ain't trying to you know mess with too much new stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, I agree, man. So, so like I said, we'll keep an eye on it, but uh, it will be interesting to see um, where this all goes, um, especially the theaters have no product to show. Streamers are cutting back on certain content. Um, so <clears throat> we may not get as much content, you know, even though, or we may get content we got to pay for more often, you know, with either watching more ads or paying more for these services, wait, wait. which is something. In, in what case? What do you mean? Uh, so uh, what's going to happen is, you know, um, streamers are realizing that they have to charge more for what they're building. You know, they just can't be sustainable. Right, right. And so, you know, um, so they either cut back on some of the content that they produce. Or they're going to, uh, well, they probably won't do that as much, but they probably will is charge us more for it, right? Or add, add ads to it. And so, so that's going to be interesting. Um, so I think, so, so will we see more stuff coming out or less, right? That's the question. I do feel like we'll see probably about the same. I think there was like over 500 new shows that got released in like last year alone. This year, you know, probably keep it the same because of uh, what's happening in the broader economy. But I will see that the, the, the streamers are going to find ways to kind of, I put more uh, <laughs> ways, obstacles in our way to watch that, right? We've been watching yeah. a lot of stuff for free, for cheap, on the cheap, cheap, relatively speaking. But now we're going to have our time taken away because we're going to watch ads or we're going to have to pay more to kind of see this stuff. And then, you know, we're just not got time to see, you know, we already don't have time to see all of it anyway. So think of that, that time. Yeah. Yeah. For us to be more. So then now there's not going to be enough, you know, people, demand is not going to be there. So they're going to cut down on supply. Yeah. You can't, you can't move you past it. <laughs> so say so anyway man so yeah so more to come on that mr benja well look i think we're gonna kind of end it here uh what you got planned for this week watch more reaction videos and compare the numbers of reaction videos of new stuff to old stuff because right now the old stuff is kicking ass okay, Rea- okay. reaction videos all week that's all i'm doing <laughs> well uh <laughs> I have, I am a, um, there's a reason for it too but uh i'll come to that later well uh Let's uh, see if we can get you on HBO Max and maybe we can talk about House of the Dragon, brother. We can get on that House of the Dragon heat. <laughs> I was about to make a slurp noise, but let me not do that. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Oh, man. No, this is always awesome, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. So, uh, well, hey, have a good week. Hey, everyone, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, and comment at Show vs. Business on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Listen to us at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us now on our website at Show vs. Business. Want to hear us live? Please check us out around 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, Wednesdays on IG Live at Mr. Benja and his ADD experience, where we check in on all the news from the week. Mr. Benja, have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to Show vs. Business, your weekly take on pop culture. Please subscribe to this podcast at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please like and subscribe to our Instagram page, Show vs. Business, to get exclusive behind-the-scenes takes and upcoming episodes. Talk to you next time. Finish him!